and welcome to the Pathmic Psychiatry for Primary Care podcast. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us today for our episode on how to start a benzodiazepine or a Z drug. I'm Whitney Landa, the Director of Education and one of the psychiatrists in the Palo Alto location. For those of you who regularly listen to my podcast, you might be surprised by today's topic since I'm almost always saying, please don't start them. But there's several clinical scenarios in which it's completely appropriate and absolutely the right decision to start a benzodiazepine or a Z drug. And I'd like to talk about those today. So some of the times I feel comfortable starting them are when things are severe, acute, or rare. So always severe and either acute or rare. Some examples would be someone who has an intense phobia that they're exposed to three or four times a year, like blood draws or flying. Um, When someone has death in the family or something else really severe happen and they need to have help functioning for a period of time, a short period of time. But we know this is not a long-term problem that's going to keep happening. Or really severe panic attacks that really impair functioning in their life because we know that we don't have a lot of things that help in the immediate term for panic attacks outside of these benzodiazepines. So these are all situations in which I do start benzodiazepines myself. And I think the most important thing about starting a benzodiazepine is talking about stopping it. You should always start with your exit strategy because when that refill request comes in, it's a lot easier to say no if you've already told the patient you're gonna say no and given them your reasons why. So I start with telling them, which is completely true, that these medicines, if we're gonna use them regularly, only work for about two weeks. Within two to four weeks, you develop tolerance and they stop working well. And lots of studies have shown that within four to six weeks, if you stay at the same dose, you're essentially giving the patient a placebo. They really don't have a true physiologic response to the medication outside of the placebo effect. And I do know that is a very potent placebo effect. We all have those patients that have been on these medicines for 20, 30 years, high doses, and we know that they're essentially getting a placebo effect, but it's really hard to get them off the medicines. And I am going to devote an entire future podcast to that patient population. This podcast is really about how not to get there in the first place. So again, the most important thing is to start with your exit strategy and explain why. The medicines are going to stop working. Also, they cause a lot of cognitive side effects. Even in the short term, we know that that's true, especially with memory. We also know those risks of dependence, tolerance, and addiction are very strong. Falls, especially in the elderly. There is a really significant withdrawal syndrome, even within typically prescribed doses. It can be significant and it can last up to 14 days. Another thing that I really focus on with patients is rebound anxiety. And one of my favorite analogies for this, you may have heard it in a previous podcast, is the pot and the water analogy. And I say you're a pot filled up with water. The water's the anxiety and you feel like you're always overflowing. This medicine is like a ladle and it takes them out and it holds it for a while. But when it gives you the water back, it actually adds in a little extra. So you're gonna feel worse than you did before you took the medicine, you know, outside of something like panic. This is really true. And so I tell people, you know, with these medicines, you're gonna get rebound anxiety when you stop the medicine or after the dose wears off. So this is not something we wanna plan on for, you know, 
out, like I said, outside of those rare severe phobias, panic attacks, this is not what we want to base our treatment plan around. This is just something we're using for those super acute moments. Um, otherwise, you're going to get that rebound anxiety that's very uncomfortable. The other really compelling reason that keeps a lot of people from wanting these medicines long-term is that there is an association with dementia. The majority of studies looking at this issue show a link between chronic use of these medicines or use of higher doses of these medicines in dementia. So I tell people that I have to think about your long-term brain health in addition to the short-term. And that's one thing you can go back to when they ask for that refill, is you can, again, talk about that long-term brain health and how important that is, and remind them that they really don't want to have dementia when they're older. The next most important thing I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to try to say this a few times because of how important it is, only give them as many tablets as you're hoping they will use. So if you're giving to them for panic and you're hoping they'll use five tablets a month, give them five tablets and tell them it needs to last them a month. If you give them enough to last daily for 30 days, they will use it daily for 30 days. These work well, they feel better on them. So as much as you told them in the office not to do it, they they feel like they have permission based on your prescription. And so they're gonna use it as much as they can based on what's on the bottle and not what you told them in the office. And so give them the number you're hoping they'll use. I also never start with a refill on these because again, my messaging is this is a short-term solution that we're using for two weeks or only for those super severe panic attacks. Otherwise, we're gonna go with this other plan. And so I don't expect you to be using these frequently or to need frequent refills of this. So again, that messaging is strong on the bottle. You get five tablets or 10 tablets and there aren't refills. This is not a long-term plan. My next tip is to try to avoid these in people who are already on opiates chronically. People who are already on opiates have a higher risk of respiratory suppression with these. Also, several studies have shown that they have higher risks of dependence, tolerance, and abuse. So we really want to try to avoid them in people who are chronically taking opiates. It's not a good combination. So you've got a patient in with their you know, severe phobia or their panic attacks, and you tell them, okay, you know, I'm going to give you this medicine. You know, you've gone through the black box warning about the dependence, tolerance, and abuse potentials. You've talked about the short-term strategy. Then the question comes, which one are you going to give them? As a personal rule, I never do a new start instant release Xanax prescription. The duration of action for a benzodiazepine is actually based on its lipophilic properties, not on its half-life. So it's different for benzos. Whereas most medications, it's about their half-life. With benzos, it's really about their lipophilic properties. And that can get you into trouble because, for instance, Xanax has a half-life that's actually not the shortest. It's 10 to 15 hours, but its duration of action starts within about 20 minutes and lasts two to four hours, usually closer to those two hours for people. So they feel the effect for two to four hours. It's still in their system for quite a long time, but it's really easy for them to stack those doses and end up with quite a severe tolerance issue. And again, 
another reason why we're giving them those five tablets or 10 tablets of any benzo because they all have this issue is people don't feel them. They feel like they've worn off, they're out of their system, and so they take them before they're actually truly out of their system. And it's one of the ways the doses can stack up quickly to quite a high level. So my next pearl is when you start the benzo or the Z drug and you explain that this is short term, you've already prepared your exit strategy and talked through why that's going to happen, you also pair it with a long-term strategy. So it's really rare that someone needs a benzo and they don't need something else preventative that's going to keep them from feeling anxious in the first place. You know, again, we all have those like specific phobias. I'm terrified of needles and I have to have my blood drawn twice a year. Or, you know, Xanax is actually great for an inner office procedure where, you know, you want it to work within 20 minutes and you're not sending them home with any. That can be a great use for Xanax. And again, when I say Xanax, I'm referring to instant release. There is an extended release Xanax that's more similar to giving someone clonopin. Back to that pearl though, you're gonna start that preventative treatment for anything outside of those situations I just mentioned. So things like SSRIs, um, those are a great thing for anxiety, preventing it from happening in the first place. And again, back to that analogy, as I explained to people, this removes the water really, really slowly. So at first you're not going to fill it, but over time you'll notice less and less anxiety, more resilience. You won't need this benzo because we'll have something that's preventing you from feeling that way in the first place. And I also like to give them something for my anxiety is high, but this isn't a severe panic attack. This isn't, you know, one of those super acute situations. Something like gabapentin hydroxyzine, you've heard me say it again and again, for sleep, something like Trazodone or Remeron, because they help, they take the edge off, but you don't end up with these same problems that you have with the benzos or the Z drugs. So I've I spent a lot of time telling you what I don't like to prescribe, and actually never. I'll tell patients full on out that I just don't start that medicine if they ask for it, and I explain why, and I tell them about the alternatives I do like. The first is Ativan. Ativan usually kicks in for people strongly within about two hours, um, but they usually start to feel the effects a little bit sooner. And most people say it lasts about four to six hours. I usually start that one for panic, and I tell people take it right when you feel that panic attack start to happen, not right when you're in the thick of it. And the other one I like is Clonopin. Clonopin has a more gradual effect start and it lasts for about 12 hours for about the first week you take it and then it can last for 24 hours after that. So that's the situation where you know someone's family member died, they have a big life event they have to get through and they need to function and so you're giving this to them to help them through those two weeks. Four weeks at the outset but I like to start with two weeks because again we really want to prime people for this is short term. This is not going to be more than two weeks. At the end of the two weeks, they almost always ask to continue it. But again, you've already explained to them why you're saying no. So they're expecting you to say no. It's an easier conversation because they know it's coming. And the rule of thumb is the longer acting you give someone the better, it's easier to taper them off. There's fewer cognitive effects. There's less rebound anxiety. People like them less. 
We imagine if you just felt this intense feeling of well-being 20 minutes after you take something and then it's gone two hours later. You're sort of setting people up for trouble. But if you give something that helps, it takes the edge off and it lasts for 12 hours and sort of gradually wears off, that's a lot different and a lot easier to get people off of. Again, stay tuned for a future podcast on when that's already a problem. Someone's been on a high, you know, sort of escalating dose of benzodiazepines, or you inherit someone and they've been on them for many, many years. How do you get them off? That's a topic for a future podcast, but today is how to prevent that from happening in the first place. So again, start with your exit strategy, give them the number of tablets you want them to use, not enough for every day and don't start with refills. Start a preventative treatment alongside that benzo or Z drug if it's warranted. And again, explain, explain, explain. Set the expectation that this is two weeks and you're not going to renew it so that when they ask down the road, they already know the answer is no and it's a much easier conversation. I hope this was helpful and I hope everyone has a great day.